Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome to another edition of sports urban legend along with my co-host macaulay matthew i'm of course william ramo what's up mac how you doing hey man how's it going ain't not much man i'm doing good glad to have you on the show hey glad to be on as usual ladies and gentlemen um you know no no words can express that you know we're both very happy for you all to check out this show uh, today. On today's show, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, the Bucks um, finally winning their first title since 1971. Talk about Giannis, you know, putting the whole city of Milwaukee on his back and leading them to the promised land for his first championship. Uh, you know, we'll talk about how that affects the Knicks and the Nets, um, you know, off-season-wise, um, we'll also talk about what's going on with the Mets, the Yankees, um, and, um, you know, talk about, uh, you know, sports entertainment with the rumors of uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, possibly joining AEW. And, you know, as usual, you know, we talk sports and entertainment and everything else. So you'd love to talk about any of these topics. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, the number is 563-999-3529. That's 563-999-3529. So feel free to talk about any of these topics and more, and we'd love to hear from you. But with that said, um, let us... Um, Talk about the um the NBA, you know, we got a we got a new champion, which um you know with the Lakers being eliminated in the first round, we all knew that was that was going to happen that we'd have a new champion and um yeah the Suns they had a two zero lead, they blew it and lost four straight, uh to the eventual uh, world champion Bucks um Giannis man he he scored fifty points in Milwaukee to um to clinch the, the NBA title. And um Chris Paul and um you know the Phoenix Suns they have to wait for another um for another opportunity to win their first ever championship. And uh as of right now Phoenix, you know, they're um, you know, they're still looking for their first title, you know. So, you know, we'll 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 see how they they regroup in the off season, you know, with the you know with Booker and Paul potentially um, opting out. Uh, you know, we'll see you know what what happens with that. But uh, what's your thoughts on the NBA Finals? It was a it was a good uh, NBA Finals. It was very good NBA Finals. I mean, Phoenix Suns, you know, they took a Command two nothing lead, 
And then the Bucks, they ended up winning four in a row behind Giannis. I mean, Giannis was amazing in his finals, man. I know, you know, a lot of people try to criticize him and, you know, say that, you know, all he can do is run and jump like uh, Harden, you know, who, who likes to mouth off, talk trash. But Giannis, man, he was – he killed it. He averaged 35.2 points, 13.2 rebounds, five assists. I mean, this guy did it all. And he deserved to win finals MVP and lead the Bucks to the championship. I mean, it, it was well-deserved, man. Well-deserved. He was very dominant in these finals. And, yeah, Milwaukee deserves it. You know, they uh, this is their first championship since what? 71. 71. 71. Yeah. 50 years ago. Yeah, so it's 50-year anniversary. So, mm-hmm. well-deserved. And the Phoenix Suns, you know, you got to feel for them because they were regarded as the best team in the NBA all year. And, you know, it was, they, was, they were breezing past teams the first three rounds. But, the, you know, the Bucks, be honest, man, they had Giannis. That was the problem. If the Bucks didn't have Giannis, then Suns could have won, but you know, Giannis was just too much for these guys. So maybe next year, if everyone comes back on the Suns, maybe they can go back to the finals again. But we'll have to see where uh, Chris Paul's head head is at, you know, if he uh, stays with Phoenix. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Paul was the key to them yeah. uh, trying to uh, come back. It's the number one thing they got to they gotta focus on. They got to try to re-sign them. Yeah, I know a lot of Knicks fans want that Chris Paul to come over here. Mhm. For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Knicks need any uh, star point guard, you know, that they can. You know, whether it's um, you know, um, I'm trying to think who I was thinking of. Uh, Lillard, uh, Paul. Even I mean, there's even people thinking maybe the Knicks should go out, be one of the teams going after Westbrook from from Wizards too. Yeah. And of course, you know, um, the big rumor that that was sweeping the nation last week was um, the the um, Colin Sexton um, trade. I don't want and of course, Sexton. Repeat that. Oh yeah, yeah that's all, oh yeah, this, <laughs> that's all right. This was all last week. And then um, you got um, Lonzo Ball. You know, there, there's so many rumors. Kyle Lowry, you know, maybe draft, going in the draft, get Devin Book Knight. Um, you know, there's so many so many options. Uh, but the good news about the Knicks is that they, they uh, re-signed, um, you know, Scott Perry to a two-year extension. So, you know, uh, congrats to him. You know, he's been, he's been doing a good job um, turning, turning around the team. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I just hope that they they keep moving in the right direction because um the the Knicks they they this is a huge off season, you know, because the dilemma is should they get the band back together, or should they just completely blow it up and just try to improve you know drastically and and um try to get as many new and up, you know, upgrades from the team. I mean, obviously, I think it's going to be a little bit of both. You know, you, they're going to try to re-sign the players that they had, like um, Derrick Rose, probably as a six-man. 
and try to pursue a point guard, you know, because, um, yeah, Derrick Rose, he, you know, he kind of got tired towards the end, those last couple of playoff games, you know, so it would be best for him to come off the bench, be the sixth man, you know, even though I felt he should have been starting in the regular season. He was their best point guard option, you know, but he kind of got gassed out, you know, towards the end of the last couple of games. And then, of course, um, if you're going to trade Lillard, you know, you're, you're most likely going to give up R.J. Barrett, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very extremely tough decision the Knicks have to do. Because if you're going to give up R.J. Barrett, you, may, you, better make, uh, you better make sure that you're able to sign like a Kawhi Leonard or somebody like that to replace that spot because that's a that's a generational talent. I really think uh, R.J. Barrett could be really that good. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah, I think I I really I really think the sky's the limit between him and Randall. I mean, if I had to be honest with you, if I had to, to trade him or or Randall, I would trade Randall even though Randall was the MVP for us until the the playoffs. Then you would trade you would trade Randall over R.J. Barrett. That's how much of the potential I, I see in wow. in in RJ Barrett. I wouldn't want to trade either. I would not do. I would not do that. I'm but sorry. I wouldn't trade either. But I, I think there's. I think there's more of a ceiling to RJ RJ Barrett. And and mind you, what's his name? Randall was, you know, he was in the running for the MVP. You know, and he won Most Improved Player. So. You know he he's you know he's he's moving in the right direction. You know he did take a a little stumbling block. Oh, well, I should say a major stumbling block in the postseason. But hopefully, if the Knicks can get back ne- next year, you know he'll build upon it. You know because it's not it's not an easy thing. You know make, going to the playoffs for the first time, and especially he's the you know Randall. He's the first. You know he was the the first option. You know. Prior to this year, he was usually like the what second or third best option on his teams. So, you know, hopefully he'll adjust. He'll adjust to, um, you know, to um, what they were doing to him, especially in the playoffs. So, yeah, no, I I I disagree. You know, I think if you trade, if you trade Randall, you know, we're gonna go backwards again. We're gonna go because I, I even even before last year I was I was telling Nick fans, especially you will, do not mm-hmm. trade Randall. Randall's your best player. If yeah. you're gonna trade him, it has to be for something really good. And I agree with you. And you I know? agree with you because yeah, I agree, I agree with you because I'm I'm never to sell trade away somebody who has talent and then they end up being a superstar elsewhere. You have to get. I, I, I wouldn't say that you know give them up for nothing. You gotta make sure that you're make you're getting an upgrade on that, because you know he's still young. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but does, I, I, I wouldn't. Sure. I, I if I had a choice to trade, I mean I'd trade Barrett over Randall, because I think well, you that's know Randall's, gonna do. Randall's they, not an old guy. You yeah, know Randall's still young too. Yeah, he's still a young guy too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's thirty thirty six or something. Right. So. But as far as who has more potential, I mean, I think obviously Randall does, you know. So Randall already he's already improved his game. We've seen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think you know 
if he just works a little bit on his outside shot more and his cut defense. Cut down turnovers, yeah. Yeah, and cut down turnovers. I think, you know, he's going to be a great player in this league. I mean, you tra- you you trade him to some other team, he might win a championship on another team. Oh, yeah, because he would be the – And then we're going to regret the, it. He'd be the second or third best, most likely the third best option on the, on a championship caliber team. I agree with or, you. Or even the first, you know, he, he could develop into a first option. Randall, I mean, he's a first he option would, on our team right now. He would need to, sure. he, he would need he would need a facilitating point guard, which is what we're trying to get for us right now. He would need like a, a you know a, 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 a you know like a point guard who you know who could pass. Pass first, but he but but is a, a threat scoring wise, you know what I mean? Like like Lillard, you know what I mean? Like a guy, a, a superstar type point guard that can handle the pressure, you know what I mean? That that could take the pressure off off Randall. And but Randall Lillard is not a facilitating point guard. He's more he's a scoring point guard who 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 you know he's a clutch guy and you know he takes yeah. a lot of shots himself. I mean, if you're talking about a guy who like will pass the ball. And who who uh, distributes the ball? You know, it'd probably be Paul, I guess, or you know, someone else. But like point guards like Westbrook and Lillard, I mean, they're gonna look for their shots, which oh, might affect Randall and um, and um, Barrett. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want a guy who could, you know, I, I'm I'm leaning towards one of the balls, you know, because they look like they could be facilitators. Mm-hmm. As opposed, you know, to guys, uh, point guards finding trying to find their own shot and score all the time, you know. Yeah, but he would. But you have you have a guy like Lillard, you know, or, or a guy on that level. They'll take the pressure off Randall. Randall won't, won't necessarily be the, the first option, and you know, be the target, which which is what really affected him in the in the postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, people double, triple teaming him and all that stuff, and you know he's not used to all that that pressure. You know, so um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's imperative. They just gotta, they just gotta get it right. Whether it's a veteran guy who, who's you know, who's who's hungry for a title, or a young guy who, who I mean, obviously you know, hungry for a title as well. You know, either you have a veteran who won it all, or you have a young guy who's hungry for the title. Any of those type of guys you get, you know that that'll turn around the 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 fortunes of the the Knicks team, you know. Yeah, we shall see. You know, I thought Derrick Rose did a pretty great great job in the playoffs. At times, he looked like he was yeah. our only option. You know, he was. That was the problem. And uh, these other guys didn't weren't doing nothing. Randall, he once postseason came, he he didn't do anything. Barrett didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know. These guys have to perform better in the postseason. Absolutely. 100%. In order for, for Nick to do something, they, they got to um, improve the point guard situation. That's the number one thing they got to they gotta focus on. I mean, if you were to play Rose, I mean, Rose, he played really well. I mean, if we go into next season not getting any point guard and we have Rose as, you know, I would I would love for Rose to start at point guard because he, the way he played last year, I mean, he played really well for us. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in that sense, you know, and, and I was saying that he should have been the starting point guard, you know, if you're not going to start quickly. I, I was saying that too. But the problem is, you know, he's a veteran. You don't want him to get, you don't want him to get injured. You got to be kind of careful with his minutes, you know, because um, towards the end, he, he kind of looked a little bit tired because he was carrying us, you know, with, with Randall and, and uh, Barrett disappearing in that um, postseason pressure was on, you know, was on him to try to ca- carry the team. Right. You know, right. he was a big part of us winning that game, the the game two, you know. I mean, he's a veteran, but, you know, if we get a guy like Chris Paul, that's also a veteran guy, you know. Chris Paul is like three years older than Derrick Rose, even. Yeah. You know? But this, but this season, it looked like, I don't know, towards the end, it looked like he, he just got a, little, got a little more tired, maybe because he was playing all those minutes. I, I mean, I don't know. That was just what it looked to me. And Derrick Rose, I mean, not Derrick, Chris Paul, he's going to be 37 mm-hmm. next year. Yep. So, you know, he's he's not getting younger either. No, so he's not. So, you know, but I also hear, uh, well, Sexton will be a good fit, I think. The guy does play defense, mm-hmm. you know, which I which I like. Guy can score, and, you know, he can pass. And if we can get him somehow, yeah, I think that would be great. But, yeah, he's young and up and coming like the whole team, the rest of the team, the core of the team. Yeah. So yeah, the Knicks they really they really can't mess this up. But you know, I'm I'm glad they're moving in the right direction. So I'm a, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, Cavaliers want R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, 2021 picks. 1921, 32, and 58. They're pretty much robbing us. Man, I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm not giving up, I'm not giving up Barrett or, or like I said, I'm not giving up Barrett or Randall in the, in the, in the trade. Um, Kevin Knox, yeah, I'd be willing to give him up. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin, I'm. I'm kind of iffy on him. You know what I mean? It's going to have to be a, a great trade. I mean, the, the Sexton trade, maybe. I mean, if you if it, if it's the only way you could keep Barrett and, and Randall, I might, I would, I, I guess I would have to, I would have to do it, unfortunately. Yeah. They, they need to improve, you know, in any possible way. Yeah, definitely. And uh, shifting gears, I'm moving on to a team that, um, you know, a team that's, you know, moving in the right direction, as well as uh, the New York Mets. Um, you know, unfortunately, they did lose or oh, ten to, ten to three to the to um, to the Blue Jays um, today, but um, you know, they um, they they beat up. Um, they won the first. They won the first game Friday night, uh, three nothing. Um, I'm trying to know who pitched that game. Um, who pitched it? Can't remember who pitched. Oh, um, McGill. You know he he pitched well. Um, um, Alonzo hit two home runs uh, that game on Friday night, and Diaz got the save. 
But yeah, to, but today, man, the the the, the Blue Jays they they blasted um, five home runs on us. Wow. And then not to mention uh, Springer not only going deep, um, he he made a great play to rob um, probably was Nimmo of a of a of an extra uh, extra base hit. Um, but yeah, you know the the other big news with the Mets um, was um, that they made a trade to to acquire Rich Hill um, from the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think it was a, you know, it was a good move because, you know, the Mets they didn't really um, give up much to to acquire a guy who's who's a, you know, a solid fifth starter. Uh, he should be uh, making his Met debut um, tomorrow afternoon, um, you know, against the Blue Jays. And um, yeah, basically, um, I'm trying to know what happened. Yeah, they treated like a um a double A catcher, um plus uh Tommy Hunter, a reliever, a veteran reliever, who's who's who has a like um a season ending surgery or you know, he's he's gone for the rest of the year. So for you to be able to, you know, get a guy who could be a solid solid fifth starter, a veteran guy, um, a lefty and you don't give up anybody. You don't give up a prospect that's in your top thirty, plus a a a, a bullpen guy who's literally you know season ended. I mean, you literally gave up nothing, you know, to get a guy like that who has potential. You know, what I mean, and most importantly, this isn't the Wilpon era because if this was the Wilpon era, that we would have been that. That's it. That would have been our. That would have been our our trade for the the trading deadline, and that's it. But the Mets are looking ways to improve this team, especially the starting rotation. So, yeah, I mean, I doubt they're going to get Barrios by the the 30th deadline next week. Um, I know they're interested in Bryant, so if they could get any of those those two guys, I mean that that would catapult them to you know potential you know World Series contenders if they could stay oh, healthy. Yeah. If they get both. Uh, which I strongly d- doubt that would happen. Like, man, that would be a miracle. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, with that, because um, yeah, man, the the Mets they're they're moving in the right direction. Oh yeah, another uh, unfortunately, uh, David Peterson, you know, who who pitched well um his rookie year, um. He's kind of a little bit up and down this year, uh, but he has he has a foot fracture, and that unfortunately that's that's going to be the end of his season. So. Oh wow. Yeah, that's messed up. Um, sure you hear that? Yeah, me me too. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, he showed some promise, but um. Uh, yeah, he took a step back this year for sure. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. Oh yeah, um, Mets. They traded away Billy McKinney. I mean, you know, he was a, a veteran guy, guy that they got from uh, the Orioles. If you look at his numbers, you're gonna be like, "Ugh, this guy's hitting under 250, have a couple of home runs." But if you watch the game, kind of like Peraza, like if you look at the the Mets bench mob, the numbers are are ugly. But if you watch the, you know, you watch the games every day, you, you'll see that those guys they they come through in the clutch. 
I like Billy McKinney. He had some big hits, you know, hit some hit some home runs, had some timely hits, played very good defense. Uh, you know, he he was um you know he played very well um more than than what the the stats sheets would say. I mean, he played well. Um, Peraza off the bench. Um, yeah, that, a bunch of guys, uh Kevin Pillar. Yeah, the the Mets have a pretty good um you know bench. You know, uh, but unfortunately Lindor, you know he he got injured as well. So yeah, Lindor he's 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 gonna be gone for like what six weeks or so, maybe even the season, the whole season, with with um uh like a hamstring problem. So, uh-huh. so yeah, the Mets they they have like, I mean it's ridiculous. They have like, no joke. They have at least twenty people on the the the. The IL twenty people, yeah. I think uh, I think currently they have like I think maybe even pitchers because they have so many they have so many people that's injured. It's, it's not even funny. Wow. On the IL, like Degrom is on the IL. That's yeah, I know that. that's how crazy it is. Like, um, they're hoping Carrasco can come back. Uh, well, he well, actually Carrasco hasn't even debuted. You know, with the Mets yet. You know from that blockbuster trade that they did in the off season. So they're still hoping Carrasco come. There was even rumors that Carrasco might've, might've even came, came, they would have rushed him and made him pitch um, tomorrow before the Rich Hill trade. And then basically use him as a bullpen guy, you, like an opener. But to me, it's, that would be a dumb move because, you know, you're, you're really counting on this guy to be a, a workhorse, a guy you could depend on who has the potential to be a really good number two starter. And then you're going to, you're going to waste him as an opener where he, he's not going to have a chance of winning the game because he, he'd go two innings at best. Like don't rush him. You know what I mean? Let him, let him, let, let him take his time and then he'll come back. And then when he comes back healthy, Then you 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 won't have to worry about him as long as he's pitching well. You'll know you have a workhorse, yeah. you know. And then and then um, Syndergaard, um, they're expecting him to come back in September, but you know he might very well be, miss the whole year, you know, it, which is his walk year, you know, with the Mets. So you think he comes back next year? Uh. Maybe because I mean he hasn't pitched all that that year. Maybe they, maybe he'll sign a one year deal and then you know bank on himself the following year and and try to make a massive contract. Because this year is a huge setback for him. Yeah. Him him going trying to get big money this year is is, is going to be a waste of time. Kind of like what Strowman did. Strowman Strowman was going to be a um. Yeah, he was he was a free agent in the off season. But since he missed the whole year because of COVID, you know, he he accepted the qualifying offer, which I assume um, Syndergaard is going to do. And then bank on yourself that you're going to have a great season so that after you sign the one-year deal, you'll just um, you'll make the contract that you, you know, you feel you deserve. Yeah, yeah. The way to do it. Oh yeah, and the Mets also. Oh yeah, with the Billy McKinney trade, um, they got this guy. Um, I think his name was Carlos Rancon. Um, 
yeah, the guy he has potential. He's been he's in the Dodgers anymore, I don't think, with the, in their system. But you know, he he was um you know since they have the Dodgers is loaded, um in the outfield, you know he he would have been blocked for his career. So I think the Dodgers made a move for him, you know, to give him a you know a a change of scenery, and give him an opportunity to potentially make it to the big leagues and you know so i think uh you know the guy has potential the guy hit like what 13 home runs in the minors um yeah i mean i think it's a you know a good move even though i did like mckinney on the team but you know they designated him for assignment already so if they didn't make the trade mckinney was most likely gonna leave them via free agency so you know it is what it is Oh, what did you say? Good for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, shifting gears. Um, oh yeah, before I shift gears. Um, yeah, on Friday night, uh, that was um, Stephen Matz's, um, you know, first first start, like at, at City Field against the Mets. So you know they gave him a, you know, a good. Um, you know, ovation, you know, for his, for him, for his, you know, his work, you know, as a Met. You know, obviously he didn't live up to the expectations, but, you know, he grew up a Mets fan. He had that epic debut where he won the game and his grandfather was, um, was like, cheering for him, you know, when he got the three hits in his debut and, you know, he pitched well against the Reds. And um, from what I hear, he's been, he, he pitched well with the – um with the, you know, with the, 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 the Blue Jays so far this year. Um, so, yeah, so far this year, the Mets have beat up on Wheeler, um, Harvey, and um, and Mets, three guys who who the Mets were very high on, you know, with that that um, young rotation that they had several years ago, so... But yeah, um, shifting gears, um, you know the Yankees. You know after they they faced a horrible loss on Friday night. Um, yeah, damn Chapman. Mm-hmm. Chapman has been horrible this year, man. Yep. I can't remember a year where he's been this bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, he's been really, really bad this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he started off good, but he's had his up and downs, and I don't know, man. I don't know where we go forward with this guy. Because his contract is huge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like uh, same thing with uh, the Mets with Diaz. If you don't have him as a closer, closer, he's pretty much useless, yeah. you know, on the team. Because I mean, you know, those guys. If it's not a pressure situation, you know, those, you know, these closers tend to not have that that um, I don't know, that motivation to to dominate on the highest level. Right. I don't know. Let's I don't talk know. About, what about you know? I forgot to ask you. Well, I did ask you this, but uh, what do you? I mean, what what do you think when uh, Diaz uh, he put his hand in here like it was a fly ball, but it ended up being a home run to the Pirates? Oh yeah, we we, we talked about that last week when it when it happened. Uh, did we talk uh, about it on air? Yeah, I don't think we, we talked about it on air. Did we? Oh yeah, we did. I was saying oh. he. he 
he made he he did his best Hansel Robles rotation um, impression because Hansel Robles, who was on the Mets several years ago, um, every time he, he you know like a ball gets hit in the air, he pops he points up like it's a, a random pop up, but those balls would go out out of the ballpark, and that's exactly what 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 happened with um, yeah no I don't I don't think we talk about it because it happened on a Sunday didn't it, it happened no, on no, no. Sunday it was Saturday. Oh. It was a Saturday. Yeah, because oh. I ranted on it. I ranted on on the show. That's why I ranted on the show um, last Saturday. Oh, okay. Because it, it was so fresh. The game just ended, and then and then you know we had we had to do the show. So I see. You know that was yeah. Because I was I was just but I didn't see it until the next day. I didn't see yeah, it. Because what happened was I was planning on just talking about the All Star game and of course Peter Alonso. Um, winning the um, home run derby, but then the loss, that disgusting loss they did to the Pirates, um, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, you know, I, I, you know, I went on a, on an impromptu rant, you know, so yeah, that, so if you didn't see that, you know, feel free to check out last week's episode on that, and you'll see how I felt about the Mets. Um, going forward from, you know, last week's perspective. But, um, yeah, but the Yankees, you know, they um, they bounced back today, you know, against the Red Sox. Yeah, 6-4 to four win. Mm-hmm. It looks like they came back after trailing. Um, Odor, he, uh, he had a game-time two-run double. And Gleyber Torres... Uh, looks like, you know, gave the Yankees the lead. And, yeah, the Yankees ended up winning in Fenway after, you know, that crushing loss on Thursday and then losing last night. So hopefully tomorrow they can um, tie the series. Split the series, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, tie split, same thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because the Yankees, man, they've been just up and down, man. I don't know which – they're like Dr. Dr. Jekyll Hyde. I don't know which Yankees I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fortunately for the Yankees, uh, you know, they they were able to score four runs in, uh, you know, with two outs in the eighth in order to, um, you know, o- overcome, you know, a 3-0 deficit, you know, yeah. this late in the game. So, you know, props to the Yankees. And you know they're still technically in this thing. You know they're they've won uh, five of the last seven games. They're eight games behind the Red Sox in the division. You know they're still competing for the wild card spot. So, I mean mathematically, they could still win this division. You know as bad as things have been this season, which is weird. Yeah, and uh, credit John Taylor Weisica for throwing the, the scoreless eight inning to make it po- that comeback possible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the bullpen, uh, they've been good. You know, at times, you know, they, they've been, uh, well, mostly because of Chapman. But other than that, you know, the bullpen has been good this season. And... Uh, you know, Domingo Herman is going to try to um, 
try to, um, you know, get the victory for the Yankees and even up the series um, against uh, – but he's going to be facing, uh, you know, Boston – you know, Boston's lefty uh, Martin Perez. So, yeah, that, you know, we'll find out how the Yankees do, you know. Yeah, should be good. Absolutely. Two of the oldest – you know, rivals in, in MLB history going at it again, so. Yeah. Should be interesting. I think if the Yankees find a way to get into the playoffs, they could be dangerous, you know? Yeah, Yankees so. are always historically dangerous once they get to the playoffs. They have they, they have the experience, uh, you know, obviously historically, and, you know, this team has been to the playoffs. I mean, it's been a you know, few years but you know they, well actually they were they were there um well they've been in the playoffs four years what? in a row something like that so yeah so they yeah. you know they, well, they have the experience yeah definitely you know it's just they haven't won a world series in a while but mm-hmm. uh, yeah they definitely have the experience yeah Yeah, so um yeah, shifting gears. Um yeah, um well oh yeah, money in the bank. Let's yeah, let's let's talk about uh you know, what went down in money in the bank. what's your thoughts on the pay per view? I thought it was a good pay per view. You know, it's one of the best uh, pay per views of the year. Um you know, I thought uh the ending there was very surprising to see John Cena come back. Mm-hmm. Um, which some people say saved the pay-per-view overall, but uh, it was a good pay-per-view. You know, there were a couple of matches. Uh, the Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley match was very good. Um, the men's Money in the Bank, I thought, was good. Um, yeah, it, it was a good overall pay-per-view. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good one as well. You know, they... For the most part, they gave the fans what they wanted to see, which is extremely rare for WWE to do nowadays, you know. But, yeah, let's let's dive right into it. The Usos, they defeated Mysterio and Dominic, um, you know, by cheating. So the Usos, you know, the Samoan Bloodline family, they got the, the – um, they got the major goals – the major um, titles in uh, – in uh, SmackDown, you know, with the exception of the, inter- the Intercontinental title, or should I say, yeah, it's an inter- the Intercontinental title, the one that um, Apollo Crews has. Uh-huh. That's the only thing on uh, SmackDown they don't have, that that family doesn't have. Right, right. Then uh, a surprise right there, Nikki Ash, A-S-H, almost a superhero, she defeats Nikki, uh, you know, um, Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Liv Morgan, Naomi, Natalia, Tamina, and Selena Vega for um, the Money in the Bank. I think if I remember, I think we both thought Alexa Bliss was going to win this one. Yeah, I thought Alexa Bliss was going to win it, but yeah, Nikki shocking there. Mm-hmm. That was uh, surprising to see her win that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was a it was a it was a great decision to to, to give to make Nikki win the money in the bank. And then she cashed it in the following day on Raw, which was 
even more surprising to um, cap off the show. What was your thoughts on that? You say that again? Uh, Nikki, Nikki um, cashing the money in the bank at the end of Raw against Charlotte to be the new Raw champion. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was another thing that I found surprising as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, Nikki's getting a big push out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know? And I think maybe this can open up a Nikki versus Alexa Bliss, maybe. Don't mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And, yeah, for me, I'm you know, I'm happy for Nikki for, you know, winning the money in the bank, and then now she's the new Raw Women's Champion. I felt like the execution could have been a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like, for her, her cashing it in, you know, um, I think there could have been more of a, a build-up to to her, you know, having the, you know, winning the title. And then, you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed, a, seemed a little rushed to me, but I'm happy she, I, I'm happy she, you know, she finally won the title. Yeah, I, it's, you know, she's getting a major push right now. So, but congrats to her, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, she might just be holding the title for Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. You might have a Nikki Ash versus Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam, maybe. Probably. You know, Charlie's going to try to regain that title. Yeah. Could even be a triple threat. Alexa yeah. Bliss, Charlotte, and um, Nikki. Oh, yeah. That, might, that would be interesting. Yeah, but I don't know if Alexa Bliss and Charlotte with, with the Alexa Bliss gimmick is, is I don't know. Clashes, I don't know. Why? Alexa, Alexa Bliss, I don't know. I I would have to see Alexa Bliss fight against Charlotte for me to... Would her powers work on Charlotte? Charlotte's why like would, the stand Why wouldn't her powers not work? I mean, on Charlotte. Because they act like Charlotte's like the Triple H of WWE. You know, she's... She's above everybody, you know, not, you know what I mean? She's like the female cerebral assassin, even though she basically has her father's gimmick. You know what I mean? Like, will her powers work the same way how it worked, it worked against everybody else? You know, yeah, I mean, even she her, doesn't have any type of powers. She don't, but she, you know, she's the queen, you know. She yeah, but she's the queen. And, and, you know, pose and have fireworks come, pyrotechnics come. Yeah, but she lost to Nikki Ash. She just lost to Nikki Ash. So. Yeah, but it, it makes a but that was like the element of surprise on her, you know, that she lost. Cause it's not like she had like a, and that was my 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 problem with execution. Like even though she cashed in on her, I felt like there should have been more of a a fight. You know what I mean? That match should have went a few minutes. You know, cause she's Charlotte Flair, and you know this is Nikki Cross's first ever championship. So I just felt. Had she cashed in on her and they had like a, you know, like a, a brief fight, you know, it would have, yeah. it would have, it would have made it more magical instead of her just, you know, diving on her and and getting the the thing. That could have been still the finish, but I felt like there could have been more of a build up to it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, would have been better. Mm-hmm. Cause it just seems so rushed. It seemed like a last second thing. Like, you know what? I like this character. You're gonna, you're gonna go and win tonight. And it don't seem like it, it. don't seem like there was like a, a plan. Kind of like with with, with um, what's her name? With um, 
What's her name? Um, the girl who 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 Charlotte beat. Um, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Right. Exactly. That's my point. I remember, I temporarily forgot her name. I, I I mean I've never forgot her name before, but now I just temporarily forgot her name right now. I mean, like this should have been them trying to build up her build up her 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 herself as a credible women's champion because every time she faces Charlotte Flair, whether it's the NXT title or this title, the Raw Women's title, you know, Charlotte has her number. And, you know what I mean, like, she's, she's, she's just been choking, you know, in these in these big spots. So yeah. I just feel like this was the chance for them to really build up Rhea Ripley. You know? And while I'm getting to that, man, let me, let me talk about this before I forget. On Raw, I'm going to get back to the Money in the Bank. Man, did you see the um Karrion Cross's debut? I did. Yeah. Oh my my goodness. This guy is the NXT champion. And you let him get beat like that to Jeff Hardy, who, you know, obviously Jeff Hardy's a Hall of Fame wrestler, but you know, he he's in the eyes of the company, he's past his prime. You know, he's a mid carder right now. And then you no go, words. You know what I'm saying? Like that was embarrassing. First, you don't even make him come out with his, you know, his real life girlfriend, um, um, Scarlett, who always pops up with him for the intro, and then you make him lose cleanly like that. From what I heard, that sh- that showed up that that you know that put a bad taste in the mouth of the the hard work of the people from NXT are doing, because it's like they given they given, you know, the NXT people the WCW treatment, like you know they're inferior. You know, you have all the success. In WC uh, in um 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 NXT, but it doesn't mean nothing here. NXT you had you had um Shotzi Blackheart and Amber Moon as the, the tag team champions uh, before um, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai beat them. And when they come up, when uh, Shotzi Blackheart comes up, she's just Shotzi, and she's not even. Ember Boone's not even with her anymore. It's uh, Tegan Knox who's who's with her. Yeah, I think Tegan Knox dropped some of her name too. Maybe she's just Tegan. I guess I don't know. But in any case, yeah, there's like some inconsistency with uh, with what's going on with with um, it was going down, what's going on in NXT and what's going on with the characters. Uh, Tor- Tony Storm who, who debuted on SmackDown, she's she's a um, she's a baby face like how she usually is, but recently in NXT for the past, what, year, the past year she's been a heel. So then she just turned into a baby face with no explanation. Or even um, pre-COVID, like, what was it, two years ago, they called up Gargano and, um, Gargano and, um, um, Champa. Those guys used to be a former tag team together, um, DIY, but when they got, but they when they came up, they were a tag team. But the problem is, in NXT, they were in a heated rivalry with each other. Cause Johnny Gargano like turned heel at that time, and um and you know um Johnny and uh Trump um Trumpa was a, was a good guy. But when they're on WWE, they were a tag team. They were friends again. Like it was like an inconsistency with the canon of what's going on. So it was just weird. 
Oh, yeah, another thing is Jeff Hardy ended his undefeated streak. He was undefeated in NXT. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's just – but I'll talk more about, you know, Cross, um, you know, when I get more into NXT. What was uh, his undefeated few... streak? What did you say? What was his undefeated streak? Uh, he's been undefeated for probably a year or two, maybe. Uh, you know, he even defeated Keith Lee um, to win – to win the the NXT Championship, um, what was it last year? Just before, um, what's his name? Um, Keith Lee got called up. Talking about Keith Lee, he lost to Lashley on Raw. Exactly. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Let's get into that too before we get back into the Money in the Bank stuff. But yeah, Keith Lee had a surprise return, and um, you know he lost to to Lashley. You know. And then after after Lashley, you know, he, he lost to Lashley. Then Goldberg pops up and says, you're next. Like, I'm next. So now he's going to be fine against Goldberg um, at the, you know, at the event, at the um, SummerSlam event. Yeah, Goldberg. I mean, he mm-hmm. needs to hang it up. He needs to hang up already, man. After that Undertaker yeah. match, he should have just retired. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like after he had that the the bout with with um his last match should have been the um when he lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's yeah. when he should have retired. Him fighting Braun Strowman, Undertaker, all all those matches, um, to me is useless. I mean there, I mean there could be some intrigue with him fighting Goldberg Lashley since he's never fought him before. But I don't know. The execution could have been better. Yeah. Like you have Keith Lee finally pop up. He's a, he's supposed to be the future of the company. Make him lose, and then Keith Lee. I mean, then Goldberg just jumps to to the to the front of the line, which is I mean basically what Cena is doing too, on, on SmackDown. You know, WWE man. You know, such as I love to see the veterans and the legends come back, but. They're like too over dependent on them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. there has to be a balance. Like Edge came, you know that was that was a good match. It, it you know, it was a good rivalry with him Roman Reigns. You know, it, it you know it, it fit. You know what I'm saying? And you know, obviously Edge lost. And you know, I mean, it was it was just a fitting rivalry. You know, um, Edge. You know, Edge and Roman Reigns have a lot of similarities, you know. Even Edge called Roman Reigns a Samoan version of him. You know, they have <laughs> fear. You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're ultimate opportunists. To me, Roman Reigns is like a cross between Edge and The Rock. Because you can even hear, like, even Roman Reigns' voice sounds like The Rock. How he, he, he the cadence, the, the, you know, the delivery, the facial expressions. You know, with his character, the way how his character is, you know, right now. Yeah. Which I think is a it's a great thing. You know, he this is the best version of Roman Reigns we've seen. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, since his Shield days. So. Yeah. This this is if Roman Reigns was always like this, he would have never been booed. He wouldn't have needed The Rock a few years ago to raise his hand at after the Royal Rumble match. You know, to try to get him some pop. You know. But um, 
Yeah, so let me see. So, yeah, John Cena is going to challenge him. As of right now, Roman Reigns says no, of course. What did you think of John Cena coming out at the end there? Were you surprised? Uh, I mean, I heard there was rumors that he, he was going to pop up soon, possibly for for, Smack, for the SummerSlam. But, yeah, I don't think I was expecting him to pop up at the pay-per-view event. I thought he would probably pop up at, you know, a SmackDown. Right, to, yeah, me to lead too. up to it. Yeah. And at the very end, like, and he don't even have a chance to talk. I mean, you gotta go. You gotta find out what he said afterwards. Like, you, you, I mean, I think that was kind of lame of WWE to not at least let him, you know, to air his, him talking live in the, in the pay per view like that instead of him popping up, cut the pay per view, and then he cuts a promo for only the people who were there, and then they just showed the footage afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, he, he should have said something. It's yeah. Just him coming into the ring and, you know, doing his poses. Yeah. I think that was poorly executed, too. Um, but, yeah, but back to the um, Money in the Bank. You had um, AJ Styles and almost defeat the Viking Raiders. Uh, the um, the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. What's your thoughts? Yeah, no, that was a that was a good match as well. I think. Um, let's see, that was uh, this was the you're talking about the AJ Styles and the Omus match, right? Against mm-hmm. the Viking Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, Omus pretty much dominated that match. I thought. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they could hold this. They could hold those tag team titles for a long time. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, who's gonna defeat AJ Styles and Omos? Especially with yeah. Omos, how tall he is and dominant. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna beat them? I can't think of a team that could beat them. They're gonna need Braun Strowman to come out, come back. Because there's rumors they're trying to get him back. Oh really? So wow. Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman would be the only credible guy that could take the title off him. Undertaker's wow. retired. Yeah. Kane is basically retired. Um, yeah, you Mark Henry and Big Show are, are on AEW. Yeah. So it's like in WWE there's not yeah, General Aziz is, is in on the other show uh, on uh SmackDown. Like there's there's nobody who's a credible nope. th- not, threat to no take the title. Of. Yeah. The big biggie would have to join Xavier Woods and fight them. Three of them would have again. to fight them. What you said? Three of the New Day would have to fight. Yeah, uh, Yeah, they would need Big E for them to have a a, a chance because obviously yeah. they've been there, they've done that, and they couldn't get rightfully couldn't get it done. Right. And speaking of the New Day, you know, not getting it done, uh, they lost to Bobby Lashley. And I think this match was actually executed well. It wasn't like the um, Brock Lesnar nine-second loss to him. There was a story behind it. You know, Bobby Lashley was PO'd by Kofi Kingston saying that he's soft. And to me, this was like, this was almost as effective as um, Brock Lesnar taking... um, John Cena to Suplex City for the first time ever, you know, with the 16 suplexes. 
I think it was almost good like that, except when when Brock Lesnar did it, it was more epic because there was an element of surprise. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, he's suplexing somebody 16 times. No, wait, wait that's John Cena. He's he's suplexing John Cena at will like that. The element that was that 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 takes it to the whole another level. Bobby Lashley, you know, a heel, but he he took his his mean streak to a whole another level of destroying Kofi Kingston. I mean, that was like a a well a, like a homecoming for him. Yeah, well, to show how vicious he could be. Mm-hmm. And he backed it up like. This was better. This was better than, like I said, this was better than Brock Lesnar just defeating Kofi Kingston. You know, because when when Brock defeated Kofi Kingston in nine seconds, it was like a squash. It was like the validity the validity of him being a dominant champion, WWE champion at that point, was just squashed. Like it was like he was just a a transitional champion holding the title just for Brock Lesnar to come and take it from him. Whereas in this match, Bobby Lashley was more stronger than him, of course. Plus, Bobby Lashley was even more motivated to to show him, send a message to, to you know, Kofi and the entire WWE universe and, and possibly even Brock Lesnar that he is, he's the top guy. And it, it, was, it was just beautifully executed, you know. I mean, I guess one thing you could say is Kofi Kingston should have sold... Um, you know, his injuries um, after, you know, Biggie won the um, money in the bank, you know, that 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 would be the only, I guess, criticism I could say about that, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was, you know, it, yeah, it was, it was very effective, you know. Kudos to both men for that match. Yeah, no, that was a good match. And now uh, you might... See that uh, Lashley versus Big E match, maybe. Yeah, that 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 perfectly sets it up because Big E would be totally motivated. He has all the reasons to 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 go after um, Lashley. Yeah. Went for revenge for his for his brothers being beat up by, you know, Lashley for 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 these I don't know how many months or so, and then plus to win the title. I heard yep. that uh, Biggie did an interview recently. Like, he wants to go after Roman Reigns because you know he's the man. You know in WWE, but it makes more sense. The story is is perfectly told that he should face Bobby Lashley. You know what I'm saying? So we'll, we'll see what happened with that. And uh, you know Biggie. You know, he won, he won, he defeated Drew McIntyre, John Morrison, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, Ricochet, Riddle, and Seth Rollins for the money in the bank. And, you know, I think it was a perfect decision. You know, Big E paid his dues and he deserved it. Your Maybe thoughts? he might cash it in uh, during the Lashley versus Goldberg match. He might. Never know. For sure. So, yeah, I think he definitely. I just wish Cesaro was in this match as well, you know. But um, it was a good match. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. You know, yeah, Charlotte Flair made match. her tap. Yeah, ba- the match was better than expected, but 
Yeah, man, just made Rhea Ripley look like a transitional champion. Again. Yeah, she's had it, what, since April? Yeah, I think, didn't she win it, like, at WrestleMania? Against yeah. Asuka. Who, yeah. Asuka, like, Asuka had the title, but they weren't... She wasn't even battling anybody. She was supposed to lose the title to Charlotte. But but um, Charlotte got hurt. And Charlotte, you know, couldn't compete for the title for the first time in, like, Lord knows how long. Um, and then last but not least, you had Roman Reigns, you know, defeating Edge, you know, which was a, you know, a very good match as well. You know, you had, of course, the, the Usos interfering, the Rollins costing Edge the title, which now Edge and, and, uh, Edge and, um, Seth Rollins are now, they're going to have a feud and, now Edge Edge reminded him that, you know, he was in the brood, he was in the Ministry of Darkness, so now he's, you know, he's gonna, he's really gonna get his butt whooped by, um, <laughs> you know, by the Rated R Superstar. So, that's gonna be interesting. And I love the tieback that they said when Seth Rollins was gonna do the concerto on Edge, you know, like several years ago when Edge was still, um, when Edge, you know, was still dealing with the injury and had the retirement. Yeah. So I love that little call back to that, that, you know, Seth Rollins was going to do it, but Seth Rollins paid it and didn't do it. But this time he won't. So, yeah, I, I, you know, that that's WWE actually doing their homework and tying stuff back from the past. Yeah, good job, WWE. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so Edge because Edge is, you know, he he's a dub, you know, he's he grew up a WWE fan and he's really a student of the game, so I do think it's more so Edge doing the callback. But hey, you know, WWE, you know, they you know they sub the match, it's under their banner, so I guess let's I guess let's try to foolishly give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So yeah, all in all, it was a good pay per view event. You know, it was yeah, it was good. Um, trying to think. So yeah, um, yeah, NXT. Apparently, uh, Karen Cross attacked um William Regal, and now it looks like it. You know, they're setting up the his his feud with Samoa Joe. Because now Samoa Joe is um, you know, Samoa Joe got. Um, put in a um, in a, in a um, crosses move. Maybe it's a straight jacket or something, or I don't, he, it's like a coquina clutch kind of move, submission move. So um, so now so you know this is this is starting so the Samoa Joe versus Karen Cross that they've been teasing for a while. Um, so that's gonna be an interesting fight. Um, and then on AEW, uh, Chris Jericho, he defeated, um, Sean Spears in the, the, the one-sided chairs match where only Sean Spears could use the chair. Um, let me see what else happened. Fighter Fest, part two, uh, Britt Baker, she defended her title against Nyla Rose. 
Chavo Guerrero is the new manager of um, Andrade on AEW. Um, trying to think what else happened. Yeah, Nick Cage. He's he um he's gonna have a was I think a death match uh, against Jericho. Um, channel, uh, okay, let me think. Orange Cassidy defeated um um I think it was the Blade in that match. Trying to think what else happened. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else happened in the that paper that uh that event. Um Yeah, and it looks like they're setting up the you know the 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 Kenny Omega. Oh yes, right. Yeah, th- yeah. They they sat they you know set up the Kenny Omega match and um and um Hangman Adam Page. You know they 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 feud, you know the the feud continues with them. Um yeah, but Lance Archer he defeated um um uh what's his name again? John Moxley. You know, formerly known as Drew, Drew um, Dean Ambrose. So now he's the new New Japan um, champion. Um, it, 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 what was it? Um, got the name of the title. NJPW champion. Yeah, NJW the United States Championship or something like that. Is that what they call it? Something New Japan like that. United States title. Something like that. I can't remember. Let me, let me try to. See what's the name of that that title? Um, oh, let me see what was it. Um, what's his name again? What else? What else happened? Yeah, let me see what's the name is. Yeah, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. What was the name of it? Um, IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Alright, wow. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else stood out to me in the event. Oh yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, there's a there's there's strong rumors that that uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are close to signing with AEW if they didn't secretly sign up with them already. Um, Daniel Bryan, he's, he's rumored to pop up, uh, at the, um, the first AEW, um, show that they're going to do at Arthur Ashe stadium coming up. Um, I think that's going to be in either August or September. I'm going to have to double check. When is that happening? I'll be their SummerSlam version. Yeah, so Daniel Bryan is expected to pop up in that. 
and then they're going to have an event in Chicago. I think it's, it might be all out. I'm not sure. And basically they think CM Punk is going to have, is going to debut on that, uh, that event. And he's going to use the, the Chicago Bulls theme song as his new intro. Because even on social social media, he um he 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 posted something about the song, so people think that he's teasing that that's gonna be the song. That's gonna be his song because because AEW is using licensed songs. You know, Jungle Boy has the um the um Tarzan Boy song. Excuse me. Um, John Moxley has Wild Thing. You know that you know they're starting to use some. Uh, some licensed song, so there, there looks like there's some truth to that rumor that those both of those guys go, and if both of those guys go, man, that's that's gonna draw a lot, that's gonna draw a lot of eyes to to AEW, and then we'll we'll finally get that rivalry, you know, down the line we'll, we'll finally get that rivalry that WWE should have had. They should have had. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan close out at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Going out of each other. Cause, that should have been years ago. Yeah, because both of those guys were the top two guys in the company at the, to- at the time. Yeah. So it would have been perfect to see those guys, you know, go one-on-one. It, it, it's kind of reminiscent to the Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair match. You know, we're not getting in WWE, but potentially we might get that dream match elsewhere. You know, in WWE's competition. Yeah, WWE's soon. Yeah. I think think that's something that could be down the line maybe next year. Because, you know, they'll build up their, build up their, you know, their status in the company, you know. Mm -hmm. Because AEW's been building um, the feud between Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega you know, so to have CM Punk or Daniel Bryan just jump over Kenny Omega, uh, you know, I mean, rather um, challenge Kenny Omega right off the bat and leapfrog over Hangman Adam Page, you know, for that top spot um, probably wouldn't make sense right now. Because right now, you, you probably would want those guys to have dream matches, elevate the young talent, and then once they build up that cachet in AEW, then challenge for the title. Kind of like what they did with Miro, formerly known as uh, Rusev. You know, he he was um, had the best man gimmick, and now, now he is um, challenging... Well, actually, he's the new champion of the um, TNT Championship. So, you know, he's he's you know, surely but surely gonna get himself to that heavyweight title run. So, yeah, that's that's basically uh, my thoughts on the whole thing. Um, anything you'd like to say, Max, before uh, you know we head out? Uh, just check your local listings for. My podcast, iMac, and come back here to check out Sports of Men every Sundays at 11, only on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you know, he's teasing with you. He's joking. He's trying to test you. This is a, that was a impromptu quiz. 
you know, the the show's on Saturday. The show's on Saturday at eleven. You know, so. Oh, that's what the, didn't, didn't I say that? I said Saturday at eleven. You said Sunday at eleven. No, no, I said Saturday. I right, we're gonna have to replay this tape. Yeah, replay. But I said Saturday's eleven. But yes, it's Saturday. It is. It's at Saturdays at eleven. You know, feel free to check it out. You know, check out IMAX. Um, check your local listings and uh, check out my YouTube channel, Sports Urban uh, Legend TV. So, you know, I want to thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for coming on. Um, he's McCallin Matthew. I'm Wayne Ramon. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.